Taylor Decker's on my all 22 fantasy team, by the way. Stop. Stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor. I don't care, and I'm in the league. I'm just trying to hype up the future of fantasy football yeah. here. They told me we could hype it up. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's one of the I, it's my rules way. of broadcasting. Regardless of the medium, they don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right? Your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is gonna, it's gonna change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town where it goes down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. Say, look at me now. Hello and welcome to the All22 Podcast. My name is Chris Lombardi and I'm joined by Bobby Acker and Ray Cotto. And we are the co-founders of All22. The NFL added an extra game, so now there is no quarter of the year mark or even a third of the year mark. So we're choosing right now, after week six, to take a look at which players have performed the best in this young season and how some of our preseason predictions are faring. So if you guys are cool with that, let's jump into it and start with how are our preseason picks doing this year. And I wanted to preface that really quickly by saying, you know, we didn't, we didn't do this. We didn't make this list saying these are going to be the top players this year. We made this list saying these are the best picks for a dynasty team, right? For the next five, 10 years. These are the guys that we would say are your number one guys. And with that guys, Joe Burrow was our number one quarterback. Right now he's sitting at 12, right? He has a 68.9 season grade. He has 38.7, all 22 points. How do we feel about Joe Burrow? You know, it's it's interesting. We had this discussion about quarterbacks leading up to the season. And a lot of the talk around Justin Herbert was, hey, you know, a lot of these really good young quarterbacks see a dip in their play as the league figures them out a little bit, and then they make that adjustment. They have like a quote-unquote down year. They make the adjustments because they are talented and very good quarterbacks, and then you see them maintain their high level of play thereafter looks like that might be what's happening with Joe Burrow a little bit. But the other thing, too, is we talk about environment. And the Bengals' uh, offensive line ranks 26th in pass blocking as a unit in the league, um, which is just very poor. And you see it when, when watching them. He's constantly under duress. Um, you know, Lael Collins, I mean, that that has just not panned out for them at all. They, they made a lot of moves on the offensive line uh, in the offseason, and it hasn't really had made, made any significant improvement for them. So uh, I think to be 12th, with that sort of, you know, with that line in front of him, this early in his career still shows, yeah, no, this guy is very talented and this is someone that you're going to, you know, maintain as an auto starter, if you will. But uh, this may be that sort of, you know, speed bump on, on the road in his career there where he gets figured out a little bit, has a little bit of a, of a downtick due to, you know, the environment around him and so forth. And then he kind of comes back and maintains that, uh, you know, top six-ish level of play, give or take on a given year. So, um you know, still feeling great about having him on my team, but, um, you know, 12th is still not bad. So it's just a nice hold situation, I guess. Yeah. I think you hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head, Ray. I mean, that offensive line obviously has taken some time to gel. Um, now it's Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's third year in the Zach Taylor offense. He's kind of start to see some teams figure that out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I still feel pretty good about having, having him on my roster if I have him in all 22, but I, I don't think this year, I don't think, at least at this point in the season, he's going to be an automatic start each week. I think he kind of kind of play the matchup, at least depending on who you have behind him. Agreed. And I think these are some of the gambles you take, right? When you pick younger players that have had some success, right? But are still fairly new in the league, right? Like you, you, you're taking risk on a player with high upside who maybe shows you flashes, but young players are inconsistent as well, right? Like we see variance in uh, scoring for younger players. So I think we're seeing a little bit of that with Joe Burrow at running back. Now it's a little bit of an easier story to tell. So Jonathan Taylor was our preseason RB number one right now. He sits at 48th. So he's missed two games that, that is a huge, you know, effect on that puts a huge effect on his, uh, his ranking. He has a 60.3 season grade. He's dealt with injuries. How concerned are we with him? I mean, that, that's what happens with running backs, right? I mean, that's, especially when you're getting the ball 20 times a game. Um, and, and that offensive line has not been great. And I know the Colts offensive line the past few years has been one of the best in the league, but now you really can't say that anymore. Even even Quentin Nelson, my favorite player, you know, his, his grades are up and down each week. It's, he's hard to trust. So I think 
I think Jonathan Taylor took a beating. I think that's just how it goes with running backs. So I don't know. That's that's kind of why we were sort of warning people not to draft them early. So if you are somebody who had Jonathan Taylor, you probably didn't listen to us. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, and and that type of injury, if it's if it's a, a true high ankle sprain, that thing lingers for a long time. You're not really right or yourself for at least a couple months, even if you're playing through it. And in a couple months, the season's over. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough sledding and it's hard because you look at Jonathan Taylor and you're like, well, it's Jonathan Taylor. I got to put him in my lineup. It's Jonathan Taylor. And he's got Quentin Nelson in front of him and his division is weak. So like, yeah, I'm going to roll with it. But if he's not himself and we've seen that line not play up to par, it's, it's really tough. And you might have to go just based on, you know, matchups when you're setting your lineup at or setting your depth chart at running back week to week. Yeah. So I think the the moral, moral of the story with him is right. It's there's risk at taking running backs early. So if you, if you decided you wanted the number one running back and now you're dealing with the 48th ranked running back, you know, with the guy you took first, that's, that's the risk. I think that's the moral of that one. I think Bobby hit it on the head and Ray, you too. But with that, Justin Jefferson, right? He was our number one receiver right now. He's at eighth, which is, which is actually pretty good considering, right? Most teams start three receivers. So that list is pretty long. He's got a 78.8 season grade. He's got 22.5, all 22 points. Feeling good about Justin Jefferson. How about you guys? Yeah, he had like a a little a little slump, if you will. Um, you know, like a two-game funk in weeks two and three against Philly and Detroit that really bring down that season grade. Otherwise, he's kind of, you know, been back, you know, 69, okay, fine, 86, and then 76 last couple weeks there. Uh, I think he's fine. You know, there's always going to be a little bit of variance there, but uh, yeah, you're you're starting him every week and as one of your starting receivers and and definitely not your third, regardless of matchup. Yeah. He's, he's been top 10 with that slump already factored in. I'm, I'm fine with him. I'm rolling with him. Yeah. Best receiver in the league. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let two weeks, you know, define him as, as a, as a bust having him one overall as our receiver. No shot. He's an automatic start every week. Absolutely. And I think it goes to show these are why, or this is why you rank guys like this, talents like this as your top player, because even when they do have down swings, they still maintain top 10 levels of play. That's what you're looking for. You're not trying to predict that this guy's going to be the, you know, the top scorer at this position for this coming year. Yeah. It'd be nice. That's what you're hoping for, but you go for that talent because even when there is some downturn in their performance, they're still playing at a very high level consistently. Agreed. Now moving to Mark Andrews as our tight end number one. Uh, right now he's sitting at tight end number two. And, you know, I think if you asked any of us who the tight end number one would have been before the season, we all would have probably said Travis Kelsey, and that's who it is. But, you know, you, again, Mark Andrews, you're going for that long-term success, and he's already at number two. He's got 15.5 points on the season. He's got an 85.1 season grade. So I don't know. I don't always watch the Ravens every week for the whole 60 minutes. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, I watch the film. I have a full-time job, unfortunately, so I can't do that. <laughs> but I did get to watch Mark Andrews this weekend against the Giants, and he's like, he's insane. But but not only is he insane, like you know, you know that they're gonna throw to him almost every other passing play. But there's really mm-hmm. really nothing you can do, right? Um, so the volume is is there. So watching that whole game, it was getting to the fourth quarter. I'm like, I don't think Lamar's thrown to his receivers really at all. And they bring up a stat that's like, you know, only four passing attempts have gone to his actual receivers. Everything else is going to to tight ends. So I think the offense is just kind of built around him. Um, and you see why. Yeah, he's a complete player. There's really not much more to say about it. He's a complete player. He's great at everything, and it's reflected every week. We're feeling good about him. We're feeling good about him, and he's he's right in that prime age, too, where like you've seen enough years of what he was that made you feel really confident about taking him. And again, like maybe there's less of that variance because he is now an established player. But moving to tackle, right? So we, we talked about this one a lot you know, in previous episodes, but Trent Williams was our tight end, or excuse me, our tackle number one. And I think if you asked me again, if I would choose him as my tackle number one, I'd still probably say yes, but he's an older player. And with that come injuries and he's missed three games on the season. He's sitting as our 64th tackle, uh, which really isn't indicative of how he's performed because he does have a 79.5 grade. Are you extremely concerned about him? Are you slightly concerned? Where do you guys sit? It depends. If you're a contender, then 
then no, because I think your time, your time, you know, your window was with him was sort of short to begin with, right? You're not thinking three years down the line. So, you know, as long as he gets through this injury, you're fine for the rest of the year. You know what you're getting out of him, and that's why you have him uh, on your team. Um, if I'm not contending, I'm sitting there wondering, okay, should I trade him to a contender? Not because I don't think he's going to be very good, but for how long? And given that he is, you know, he is banged up and, and just returning and so forth, you know, father time is undefeated, no matter how good you are. Right. Um, I guess unless you're Tom Brady, but even, even so, I mean, we might be seeing that now. So um, yeah, I think, I think he's the classic case of if you're a contender, you hold on to him, you just ride it out. You're not going to get enough, uh, you're not going to want to trade him and, and jeopardize your chances of winning the whole thing. But if you're, if you're not, if you're worse off than you thought you would be, and you're not really in playoff contention anymore, it might be time to make a move before it's too late. I don't think I ever had him as my number one tackle. I think that was something, and, and we can go back, I can go back to other, other recordings to make sure that that's right. But I think that was kind of like you guys, but <laughs> anyway, Ooh. I'll, I'll take that one for no, sure. This is not honestly, how you spell Rashawn Slater. He wasn't, he wasn't one for me, but he wasn't far from it either. I think I had like my lotta there and like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm worried about, I'm worried about him right now. Um, think, Trent Williams or my lotta? Trent Williams, Trent Williams thing like my lotta's grade is probably the same or maybe even a little bit worse than Trent Williams right now. He has not had a great year, but the only mm -hmm. thing is like, obviously my lot is a, a bit younger. So, you know, you feel better about him turning that around at this point, Trent Williams, I think. I think this is the decline that we probably saw coming. Um, we just, we, we, we saw it coming maybe a year or two from now. Um, and that's why we had him at, at number one. Um, could also say a change in quarterbacks. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it, not getting the right protections in place. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty concerned. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how much trade value he even has at this point, if you still have him. Well, we, we did mention, you know, a few weeks back too, right? That uh, offensive tackle grading as a whole was sort of down uh, across the league. So there is a bit of that too, to where he's still relative to his peers for this season is performing pretty well. So you know, and there's not many great. Yeah, but he missed some games. So that we said Chris 48th, 64th, Six, 64th, dude, because missed he, he's missed half the season, right? So if you yeah. double you double his 12 points and you you make it 24 he's probably sitting somewhere between well for context andrew thomas is 24.4 as our number one tackle wait what's so, what's what's the season grade for for trent williams do you have that 79.5 yeah so, it, so, so it's not bad fine. he's grading okay it's just he's missed a lot of season and injuries are scary i'm talking about him here like he's like a sack of shit like I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let you make an idiot of yourself. Don't don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Just let him go. He's on a roll. Um, but but yeah, that, that's what it is. But it's you, not great. You, you wanna yeah. yeah it's, last year he had a ninety four yeah. or something like that, right? So you, right. you 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 weren't that far off. You it's really not were. the high ninety. This 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 still might be his his decline a little bit. But yeah, if he's playing hurt, maybe it's not. So uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll 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 definitely see what. <laughs> <laughs> I might do it a couple more times on this episode too. I don't know what your record is in our league. I'm just saying, if it's not good, you might want to trade him. I'm trying to help you out here. Pretty sure yeah. you're one in five. I know I am, and I don't have him on my team. Otherwise, I would have <laughs> traded him already. So, thinking of that, if you are a contender and somebody is willing to get rid of Trent Williams for like a third round pick, you better eat that up. Go get him because you're going to be able to start him probably for the entirety of the playoffs, and he's going to be your best tackle on your team. Yeah, he's going to put that out there. get better as the year goes on. If he's only sixty fourth because of that short injury that he had, yes, I did. Say, I did say that right, right? Like I did. Yeah, you said it. He just, you, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's probably we'll let him be. Damn, damn. <laughs> what the hell is that supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I'm going to move to guard, and it was Michael on on we know. Uh, we had him as our number one. He is now sitting at three, right? So he's got sixteen point nine points, all twenty two points, and an eighty two point three season grade. Uh, so, you know, a lot of turbulence happening in New England, but he's he's a steady guy there. Yeah, that, I'm not sure what else there is to really say about him. It's, you know, we had him as our top guy. He's performing third right now, and that's with a quarterback change and things going on around him. So in an unstable situation, he's giving you uh, high-level play on a week-to-week -week basis. It's exactly what you want. It's, it's what when we talk about draft strategies leading up to the season and how – you might 
want to go ahead and grab that scarce talent at the top of a position group that might not be weighted as highly as some others, it's because you want a guy like this where you can just count on him week to week to give you an advantage at that spot over your opponent. So he's doing his job. It's exactly what you wanted to see out of him. And uh, as long as there's no, you know, weird, just does something in a team meeting to piss off Bill Belichick. And then he's mysteriously benched for stretches at a time, which has happened. And even to him earlier on in his career, it's, you can't ask for more. Yeah. We kind of took a gamble putting him at number one because he really Mm -hmm. didn't play consistently up until, up until this year. So it's like, but it, but it is pretty cool to see him sitting there at third. What's up, Chris? He didn't even play a consistent position, right? Right. (laughs) And to think, yeah. yeah. So he hasn't even been full time at guard and, between bouncing around from two positions to then settle in here and play as well as he has, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so we feel good about that one, and we feel good about this one. So center, our number one guy was Creed Humphrey, and that's exactly where he sits. He's number one, 12.8 points, uh, all 22 points, and then an 84.9 season grade. So, I mean, we don't have to talk about that one much, but he was one of two two sophomore players to be put on this list, and we're feeling really confident about that one. I think we just say you're, you're welcome to people who draft him as the first center because that's where we had him ranked and we move on. Agreed. So let's jump to the defensive side. And here's here's like the other side of that example, right? We talked about Trent Williams and how, you know, maybe if you took that gamble on an older player, it didn't work out. Aaron Donald, we had as our number one. Right now he's number two. He's got 24.1 all 22 points and a 91.3 season grade. He is still playing at that elite level, you know, now decently into his thirties. So this is the other side, right? If you took that risk on Trent Williams and Aaron Donald, you hit on 50% and that's kind of what we did too. Um, but how do you feel about Aaron Donald guys? It's it's funny. You see the videos of him just being triple teamed. I think, I think Sam Monson put, put some out in recent weeks where he's literally just triple teamed regardless of anything else going on with the defense. And he's still putting out these grades. I mean, you don't see a decline in Donald's play at all at his age right now. It's obviously going to come at some point in the next couple of years here, but uh, it's reassuring that it has not come this year. So if you got him, awesome. He's probably winning you a lot of games. You don't see a decline at all, but you do see a few other guys sort of floating their way up to where he is. There's um, Dexter Lawrence, um, Jeffrey Simmons. Like there's, there's been a few guys that have kind of put themselves up there. I think we even had uh, Zach Seiler a few a few weeks who like one of those guys you see his name is like who, but now like you know you see back to back ninety plus grades whatever it is, and they kind of put themselves on the map. So he's not alone there anymore, but yeah, he's still he's still right there. Yeah, and I think he's going to stay there for at least a little while longer. Knocking on wood on my end. Let's move to edge, guys. We got Miles Garrett was our number one guy. Right now he sits at seven, but he missed a game. And if you actually kind of account for that game, he would be at number one. So uh, Miles Garrett has a 93.1 season grade. He's got 25.7 all 22 points. I'm still feeling good about him. How about you guys? Yeah, it's just it's just a shame that that uh, animal on the road jumped in front of his car. So otherwise he'd be the number one player at edge right now. Is that what happened? I don't know. That's my story, though, and I'm sticking with it if he's on my team. <laughs> he wasn't speeding. He absolutely was not speeding. I'm going to move on from that one as yeah. quickly as if, as possible. Here's the other sophomore player on our list, linebacker Micah Parsons. Super easy pick for us. He's number one again. He, he was number one for us. He's currently sitting at number one for linebackers. Got 20.2, all 22 points, and a 90.3 season grade. Uh, pure dominance, right? I mean, do you want me to just ramble about Micah Parsons? Because I could, I could take the rest of the episode about you, you, that. You got 20 seconds, Ray. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what you expect. He he does everything well. It, it's simply just whoever's in front of him, he just dominates him and destroys him, changes the way the, the opposing offense plays uh, and just alters their entire game plan. And who knows if he might be at a higher weighted position moving forward here because he is just so good and not just so good, but the best pass rusher in the league. So who knows how that uh, position might shake out here in the future. I got yeah, let's, I don't, I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep going. So uh, Bobby, you're, you're going to take Jalen Ramsey then. So he was our number one corner. He's currently number one. He's got 20 points. He's He's got an 85.8 season grade. Again, pure dominance. Uh, 
I had a lot to do with that, him being number one, for sure. But yeah, <laughs> not much not much good you can say about the Rams, but Jalen Ramsey is still the best corner in the league. Um, I mean, how, how old is he now? He's getting into his late 20s. He still, he still looks like Jalen Ramsey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, dominant, dominant. So I think you, you got to feel good about taking him as the first corner um, if that's what you did. Cool. And with that last position, safety, uh, currently sitting at number five is Derwin James. He's got 15.8 points and a 77.3 season grade. If I'm being fully honest, like I don't really think there is a safety in the NFL right now that I'm confidently saying he's the number one safety. Derwin James is a really good player, and he is our number one safety that we picked. But I think there was a few guys you could have put here, and I don't think he's that far above everybody else. So if you took him probably still feel good about it, but I don't know if you feel great. I'd rather have Javon Holland, but I'm not, I'm not crying about it. Uh, having Derwin James, even though, yes, uh, to this point, I think Derwin James is, is grading at a better clip right now than, than Holland and so forth. But when you consider the injuries and everything else that's gone on in his career, um, you know, he might not be the very top of the list safety that you want if you had your pick of, of all of them. But, um, you know, if, if you got him and if you did have him, you're crossing your fingers that he does stay on the field. And if, and he's done that and is, you know, top five. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's not, he's not probably winning you single-handedly any games, but we've seen, especially in, in the middle tier of safeties here in the league, there's a lot of inconsistency there. And it is really hard if you don't have like one of those premier guys to fill <laughs> even just those two starting spots at that position. So if you have a guy like Derwin James, it it matters and it does help in that regard. So while he might not be this this game breaking, you know, 90 grade every single week type of player, it's it's still a boost in more so what it prevents you from having to deal with as an issue by having him on your roster. Yeah, I was actually gonna, I'm glad you brought that up, Ray, cuz I was, I was actually going to ask you guys like I feel like this year especially for some reason, it's been almost as difficult to make start set decisions with safeties as it has been with linebackers. And I don't remember feeling that way the last couple of years playing the game. Maybe that's because I had Jesse Bates and now all of a sudden I don't, I don't have that guy that, that can be a consistent solid grade every week. So now I'm maybe now I'm just realizing because I don't have that guy, like kind of like what you're saying, right? But yeah, it's been, it's been very difficult to predict safeties this year. It has been. It's been very difficult. And I think even further to that point, if you drafted any of the rookie guys, a lot of them aren't even meeting the snap count minimum. Like they're not even, their teams aren't trusting them yet to be that guy on the field. So not only is was there not like a true number one safety, but there's like the guys in the pipeline might not be those guys either, right? They might all be good, but like none of them might be like true number one guys. Yeah. To that point, I, I had Nick Cross in a couple leagues, right? And finally, he's grading in like the 70s, 80s, but on 20 snaps, 17 snaps. So I can't even use them. So it's hard, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to trust him. And and the next week, he could get the snap count and grade it in a, a 30. You know, so it's like, it's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So guys, let's wrap that one up. Let's move on. Uh, next topic, it's who are the actual top performers right now? So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to run through these. And I want you guys to just, without even really thinking about it, tell me, is it going to last? Okay? So yes, no answer. That's it. If you, if you have to give me context, I'll let you have it. You can, you can argue about it for a second. But we're going to make this a quick hitter. So with that, number one, uh, our preseason number two quarterback is currently sitting at number one. He's got 48 points and a 90.8 season grade. Josh Allen, does it last? Bobby. Yes. Ray. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Simple enough. Number two, preseason number eight running back, 15.4, all 22 points and an 88.4 season grade. Nick Chubb, Ray, does it last? Yes. And it's going to get even better when uh, the, the running lanes open up a little bit with uh, the new quarterback coming in uh, to close out the season. So yes. Bobby. Long-term, no. Running backs don't last. We just talked about it. Ooh, hot take, hot take. <laughs> I love the context there. All right, wide receiver. Preseason, he is our number nine. He's got 25 points and a 90.5 season grade. Tyreek Hill. Bobby, does it last? Yes. 
Two is legit. Oh, all right. A little bit of context. Ray, does it last? Yes, because he's bulletproof to whichever QB is throwing him the ball, as, as we can see, <laughs> because they're all just dropping like flies, but he produces I feel like that's a shot at my point, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tight end, preseason number five, 15.5 points, 88.2 season grade. Travis Kelsey, Ray, does it last? Yes, I hope I age as nicely as he does when I'm when I'm that old. Yes. You're probably the same age as him. Bobby, does it last? No, don't talk shit about PFF. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tackle preseason number 14. He's got 24.4 season points and a 90.2 PFF season grade. That's Andrew Thomas. Ray, does it last? All the good ones are injured. Uh, he's not going to finish first. He, he's going to probably finish just outside the top five, give or take. So if I don't know if that's lasting or if that's like neutral, like you just you just put the car in neutral and just go wherever it goes. But uh, Bobby does it last. Why can't you just say something nice? Right? <laughs> yes, Bobby nice. does it last. No, it's 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 like kind of not nice. You know what I mean? Like, God, oh, yeah. top six, real real mean. Bobby, ever, nobody heard your answer though. What was it? Is it and lasting? Thomas, absolutely yes. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what you were going to say. Yeah. Moving to guard. Preseason, he was our number five. He's got 17.4, all 22 points, and an 85.7 season grade. Joel Petonio. Bobby, does it last? Yes. Ray? Yes, no one can overtake it. Ooh. Why? why? There's only like six good ones in the entire league. So uh, okay. offensive line's hard to play. All right. Center, preseason, he was our number one. He's got 12.8 points. We already said his name. Creed Humphrey, does it last? Ray? Yep. No doubt. Bobby? Yeah. Yes, no doubt. Moving on. Defensive interior. He was our preseason number two. He's got 25.5 all 22 points and 93.3 season grade. Chris Jones. Bobby, does it last? Yes. Ooh. Ray? Yes, they're finally using him properly. Ooh, so we're sliding Aaron Donald all of a sudden. Okay. Edge. Preseason, he was our 35th edge. He's got 27.8 points. He's got 86.9 season grade. It's Khalil Mack. Ray, does it last? Uh, no, no. Bobby, does it last? No. Okay, I put somebody else in here. I'm doing another edge because if this player was healthy, besides uh, freaking uh, Miles Garrett, this guy would be number one because of his bye week. Max Crosby certainly currently sits as our number uh, like 10 or something like that. He's got 24.1 points. Can Max Crosby be the number one edge? Bobby. Yeah. And I love that because we got so much crap for putting him where we put him. So I love that. He's, I love that. He's right there. Ray. He's not going to finish his number one. Okay. Linebacker. We already talked about him. It's Micah Parsons. He's first with 20.2 points and a 90.3 season grade. Bobby does it last. Yes. Ray, does it last? Can I have 30 seconds again to talk no, about it? No, no, yes, you cannot. it's going to last. <laughs> okay. We talked about Jalen Ramsey already. Does Jalen Ramsey last? Ray? Mm, yes, but it's close. No buts. Ray? Yes, it's close. Bobby? Yeah, I keep saying yes, but I'm going to say yes again. Safety, Tayshawn Gibson Sr. Preseason, he was our 131st ranked safety. He's got 16.6 .6 points and 84.4 season grade. Bobby, does it last? I'm going to say no because I just added him to one of my teams, so I feel like it can't now that I have him. <laughs> Ray, does it last? No, we we can't be that wrong. I can be that wrong, but I'm just going to I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. That was fun, guys. Let's now go with our biggest risers and we're going to do a similar exercise here. Quick answers only. Keeper trade and you can give me a why. Hang on one second. That previous exercise, we were saying can he last as number 1? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you? Okay. I'm glad Bobby just went through the whole. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, was I, I love that you like, asked that now. I was saying, like, can he last, like, with his, like, elite, really good performance? But like, If he finishes in top five, I, I like, count it. You know what I that's mean? What I'm, that's kind of the way I was answering. And then Andrew Thomas came up and raced at something mean, and I started to be like, wait. I said he might I'm, finish five or six, you know. Maybe it's, I'm doing this wrong. Yeah. All right. Let's go. In, let's top go five right. counts. We're now saying biggest risers, quick answers only again. Keeper trade, if you want to give me that reason why, go for it. So quarterback, I have three guys here. Three guys here. I'm only going to do two. I'm going to give you each one. I'm going to give you a, a different one. So Bobby, Geno Smith, he has an 86.7 PFF grade. He was our 54th ranked quarterback. He is now sitting at two. 
keep or trade? Keep him. Keep him. Because a quarterback doing that for as long as we've seen him do it, that's not a fluke. It's not a fluke anymore. Keep him. Ray, 81.5 PFF grade. He was our 17th ranked quarterback. He is now sitting at number eight. Sorry, he's sitting at number four. That is Jalen Hurts. Keep or trade? Trade. His schedule has been a complete joke. It actually is like <laughs> still somewhat of a joke moving forward, which is insane to me. But uh, he's played one good defense so far this season, and that was the Cowboys this past week. And even so, the opposing quarterback turned it over three times, so he never actually had to uh, go outside of his comfort zone and go off script, and he still finished as the 18th-ranked passer out of 32 quarterbacks this past week. Um, so fade him. Okay, we're moving. I don't, to- know I don't know, Ray. I don't know if that's you hating the Eagles or just disagreeing with my point all offseason that he's not a fullback. <laughs> we're moving to running back. I have one for each of you. you suck, Bobby, seventy-one PFF grade. He was our fiftieth ranked running back. He is now sitting at number eight. Devin Singletary, keeper trade. FAU baby, keep him. All right, with uh, an eighty-seven point four PFF grade, he was our eighteenth ranked. He is now sitting at 15th, but he had a bye week. With you know, if you factor out the bye, he'd be sitting at number four. That is Josh Jacobs, Ray Keeper Trade. Keep him running backs are too inconsistent, but he seems really pissed off after having to play like the first series of the preseason. So he's he's like on a mission to prove himself. I'm keeping him. All right. Okay, moving on. Uh Ray, 71 PFF grade. We had him at 87. He's now somewhere in the 40s when you adjust for his bye week. That's Nico Collins. Are you keeping him or trading him? Keep him. If you try to trade him, people are going to try to lowball you. He's a talented player. Not a great situation, but he's young. Lots of upside there and a long way to go. Keep him. Bobby, 74.3 PFF grade. He was a 139th ranked wide receiver. He is now sitting in the 30s if you adjust for buy. That is Josh Reynolds. Keep or trade? Trade him. Trade him. Ooh. He's getting kind of old, isn't he? Get some value for him if, while you still can. Trade him to okay. a contender. Bobby, the tight end position, I am doing two guys that meet our criteria, and I'll let you explain to them what that is after I say their names. So Bobby, with an 81.6 PFF grade, he was our 10th ranked tight end. He is now at number three, David Njoku, keeper trade. And what did I mean by the age thing? 27-year-old tight ends, all right? You need to get 27-year-old tight end, 27, 28. That's when they start to come out. But... David Njoku is still the second best tight end in Cleveland. Harrison Bryant is still the best tight end in Cleveland. (laughs) Trade him. Oh, wow. Okay. Ray with a 72 PFF grade. He was our 35th tight end. He is now fifth, and he also meets the criteria. Will Disley, keeper trade. I keep him just because every time you doubt someone on on the Seahawks, they, they, they just prove you wrong. Keep him. Okay. I, th- I called him poor man's Mark Andrews. He's he's my guy. All right, moving to tackle. Bobby, 79.8 PFF grade. He was our 29th tackle. He is now sitting at sixth. Christian Darisaw, keep or trade? No shot you trade him. Keep him. Okay. Ray, he was our 50th ranked tackle. He is now sitting at number four. He's got a 77.5 PFF grade. Charles Leno Jr., keep or trade? Trade, getting up there in age. Uh, bad offense, bad team overall. He's he's gonna mope around. That I think I think he's on the. I think that whole situation is gonna be on the decline. There, I'm trading him. Okay, guys, let's move to guard. He was 22nd on our list. He is now sitting at sixth, 76.9 PFF grade. Ray Robert Hunt. If it was solely up to me, he would have been higher than 22nd in our preseason ranking. I'm definitely keeping him and drawing up some more screen passes for him. Bobby, he was our 16th ranked guard. He is now at eight with a 69.7 PFF grade. Elijah Vera Tucker, keeper trade. Keep him. Keep him. That that offense is young. It's emerging. Keep him. Okay, we're moving to center. Ethan Pokick, I think is how you say his name. He was our he was our 27th ranked center. He is now number three. He's got 11.9 all 22 points. Ray, keeper trade. Keep him. He's, he's 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 fine. There's there's centers are really bad in the league. Just just keep him. Okay, Bobby, another center, sixty sixty five point two PFF grade. He was our nineteenth best. Now he's sitting at eight. Josh Myers, keeper trade. 
You can go back to other recordings. I've been on Josh Myers for a long time. You know that, Chris. Keep him. Keep him. Josh Myers is only getting better. Keep him. Okay. Love to hear that. I needed some positivity today with the uh, the Packers conversation we had earlier. All right. Moving to defense. Ray, 89.9 PFF grade. He was our 12th ranked defensive interior. He's now number three. Derek Brown, keeper trade. Ooh, I am. I'm. I'm keeping him. It, it took a while, but sometimes it just takes a while. Keep him unless you have to make a trade for like a quarterback or something, and you have to give up a very high value young defensive asset. Similar player, similar question. Bobby, 89 PFF grade. He was our 13th ranked. He's now sitting at sixth. Quinn and Williams keeper trade. Give me the same answer Ray just gave you. Exact same answer. Okay, Keep moving him. on to edges. Bobby. 76.9 PFF grade. He was our 40th ranked edge rusher, and he's now at 18. Hassan Reddick, keeper trade. I'm trading him. I feel like you, you really haven't seen that from him. I feel like we're kind of like at his ceiling. Uh, I don't know. Trade him to a contender. Okay. Ray, he has a 72.3 PFF grade. He was our 38th ranked edge rusher. He's now at 16th. Jalen Phillips, keeper trade. Give me why. I'm trading him. I like the talent, but he's got a pretty serious uh, injury history there. You don't know how long that's going to last. I might trade him. Okay. I I think with the age, I, I might disagree with you, but I agree, you know, injury history is concerning. Let's move to linebacker. Bobby, 71.1 PFF grade. He was our 72nd linebacker. He's now 13th. Leighton Vander Esch, keeper trade. Loved him when he first came in. Then I stopped trusting him, and I've never been able to trust him again. Trade him while you still can. Oh, okay. Moving on. Ray, 83.1 PFF grade. He was our 55th ranked linebacker. He is now fifth. Matt Milano, keeper trade. Keep him. Linebackers are still inconsistent. You want to you know, have those dart throws, as Bobby likes to say all the time, and he's a pretty good one, so keep him. Okay, Ray, 87 PFF grade, was our 64th ranked corner. He is now our 21st ranked. Chavarius Ward, keeper trade. Keep him. He has always been underrated. The Cowboys were insane to give him up for some backup, no-name offensive lineman that you never heard from again. Really good player. Like his ability a lot. Keep him. Bobby, 79.5 PFF grade, was our 23rd ranked corner. He is now 6th. 6th, Tyson Campbell, keeper trade. Keep him. Keep him. Okay, moving to safety. Ray, 82.2 PFF grade, was our 107th ranked safety. He's now sitting at number two. Malik Hooker, keeper trade. I just talked about how I'm scared of injury history, but safeties are just so inconsistent now across the board, so that cancels it out. So I'm going to keep Malik Hooker. He's playing at a really high level. I'm keeping him. Hypocrisy at its finest. Bobby. I saw somebody drop him in one of my leagues. What? Oh gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Weird. Don't don't drop him, everyone. <laughs> Bobby, eighty point one PFF grade was our eighty third ranked safety. He is now fourth. Derek Forrest, keeper trade. Yeah, again, kinda like Ray said, it's too it's too volatile of a position. Keep him. Okay. All right, guys. I hope you I hope you had a little bit of fun with that. We're now gonna move on to uh oh, wait, how do you how do you play that game again? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> nice. <laughs> That was really good. I appreciate that, Ray. We're now going to talk about who the top rookies are at this point in time, starting at quarterback. There's only been two rookie quarterbacks that have played significant-ish time. That's Kenny Pickett and Bailey Zappi. And Bailey Zappi beat out Kenny Pickett for the number one spot for our rookie quarterback with a 72.7 PFF grade and a 19.8 All-22 score. Guys, is there any chance the Patriots are going to consider keeping him over Mac Jones? Is there a competition there? I think that the PFF NFL podcast had a really good discussion about this. And basically the sum of it was, hey, if, if, if Zappi had more time, if there was another three weeks or so of him actually getting the start and playing like this, then yes. But with Mac Jones coming back possibly as early as this week, uh, I think he just didn't get enough of a window to show that or enough of a window to take the job. Um, so I don't think it lasts, but I'm not dropping him if I rostered him at some point, because I like the ability that I saw. 
It's a good problem to have, right? I feel like I feel like they're saying one thing and that it is a quarterback competition. I don't think it actually is because yeah, like Ray's saying, the window really wasn't that wasn't that wide for uh for Bailey Zappi to kind of make an impact. Um but fun fact here, guys, guess who Bailey Zappi's quarterback coach is? I have no idea. Don't say it's Ben McAdoo or something. I don't know. It's Joe Judge, even worse than Ben McAdoo. Well, I don't know if that's worse, but it's bad. Probably not worse, but yeah. Okay. Interesting. So here, here's my take, and I'm curious what you guys think of it. So I'll, I'll ask it here. Um, Mac Jones showed you a very consistent quarterback with a very kind of low ceiling but also a very high floor. If Bailey Zappi shows you a higher ceiling and maybe a lower floor in today's NFL, is that worth the risk? For me? Yeah. Um, but I feel like that those, the kind of things never go my way. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I always, I always chase ceiling and, and that's it. If I, if I fail, I fail, but at least I failed like going big. Uh, it's kind of like the old, Hey, miss, miss big or miss fast. Right. Um, same thing applies to quarterbacks as far as ceiling is concerned. Uh, but I'm still not sure exactly how high Bailey Zappi's ceiling is. And that might just be clouded by my pre-draft, you know, just evaluation of him overall. And his name is Bailey Zappi. Like, I don't know if the ceiling could be that high, if that's your name, like it doesn't sound like a, like a superstar quarterback, but <laughs> Good take. But yes, take. chase chase the ceiling, but uh coaches don't do that and and he wasn't given enough time to really take the reins. That last so, bit was the type of analysis that that uh you know, people really chime, you know, they join yeah. this podcast, they listen in to hear that. We're going to clip yeah. that for TikTok for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, running back. So, it was pretty close this one. Everybody's hyped about Brees Hall as they probably should be. But Tyler Algier beat him out with 11.9, all 22 points, and a 75.2 PFF grade. Um, wh- which of the two do you guys think uh, has the brighter future? Go ahead, the two? The two? Uh, it's neither. You want to add somebody else in? Go ahead. It's Kenneth Walker, bro. Kenneth Walker is clearly the best running back to this class. Clearly. Okay. Um, of the two, who would it be? Breesaw. <laughs> I think right. I think they're I think I think the Jets are learning how to use Brees Hall. I think he becomes more involved in the offense. He starts to see Michael Michael Carter sort of sort of pull out. So I think uh, I think Brees Hall is the answer here. I think of the two, yeah, it's it's, it's Brees Hall. Um, but just as a whole for the for the class, and it's not that they're bad, but I never really look at running back draft classes just at a singular level, right? I, I always kind of compare it to what it was to the previous class before it and the class that's coming after it. And next year's class is just so much better with B. John Robinson, uh, Jameer Gibbs, Devin A. Chain, and and guys like that. They're it's just so much more deeper and talented. That um, you know, if if you're trying to chase a young running back, it's there for you next year. Not not in this class, even though they're they're fine players. They're good. Brees Hall is going to have a nice career. But do you think Kenneth Walker would be the best of the three, Ray? It's it's it's. I don't want to cop out, but it's probably like a tie right now between him and Hall. I still have to see oh, a little cop more. Out. Just Absolute say it. Cop out. Stop it. I'm just. I gotta see more. I gotta see more. I'm All trying right. to be honest. You know, I'm not. Don't skip Bayless over here. Guys, the, the receiver class has been really impressive. Really impressive, and that's that's a class I was not impressed with before the draft. Kind of to your point, Ray, when you when you compared the the college film to the previous few classes, in my opinion, it was maybe the worst of the last maybe three or four. Um, but watching the production that we've seen, that might not be the case. Uh, guys like Drake London, Garrett Wilson, uh, there's a, there's like five others too, like Chris Olave. There's guys that are really producing. But our number one was Drake London. He had an 82.5 PFF grade up to this point, and he's got 23.3, all 22 points. So again, I guess, you know, the question to you guys are, you know, well, one, are you impressed with this class? And two, is Drake London the guy you would take over the others? I would I would take Drake London first. Uh, I was just talked about a couple minutes ago chasing ceiling, and all these guys have impressed and and probably done better than we thought they would. But Drake London is the prototype. He's got the build, he's got the body for it, and he's producing and performing. So I would still take him first. Although the other guys have have definitely impressed me more than I expected. 
I think Drake London's the better receiver. I'll say at this point, I, I did have Garrett Wilson. No, sorry. I think Drake London is in the better situation and is the better value. But I think Garrett Wilson in a vacuum is still the better receiver, right? So I think because Drake London's going to get more opportunities, he's in that he's in that better situation. Arthur Smith's offense. I feel like Arthur. Uh, I feel like Drake London is the answer here. Um, but I still do think that in a vacuum, Garrett Wilson's still the better player. Yeah, when you have Zach Wilson throwing you throwing the ball a total of I don't know, was it like eighteen times and with yeah. ten completions and. Yeah. And I think he had a 30 PFF grade last week, Zach Wilson. It's like, yeah, he's just not setting Wilson up for success. But I don't think it says anything about Wilson and the talent that he has. Agreed. Tight end number one at this point is Daniel Bellinger. uh, New York Giant, 75.9 PFF grade and 14.2 points. Guys, I'm... I watch Giant film. We're all in New York, so we're a little bit forced to watch Giants and Jets games. But I actually, this year, it's been a lot of fun. And Bellinger is a big reason why, at least for me. Bellinger's legit, man. We talk about it all the time, how long it takes for tight ends to start to grade well, and start to understand the position. Talk about how much of a transition it is into the NFL to learn that position. But we saw this this uh, quote from Gronk this week, how he said that Brian Dable was the best tight ends coach he had ever had. Um, wow. So I think... So I think I don't think that's a coincidence, right? I think I think Bellinger is a product of Brian Dable, and that's what we're seeing here. We're also seeing him as a receiver, which he wasn't used as in college. He really didn't didn't catch the ball very much in college. I think that's why he slipped to the fourth round. But yeah, no, Dan, Daniel Bellinger's legit. He he can do everything. He's legit. Hmm. I uh, I really liked Kate Otten and Jeremy Ruckert in this class at the tight end position but you made a very convincing argument there um, for, for Bellinger. But uh, I'm just going to be stubborn and say, yeah, when, when Rucker gets his, his time after he's, you know, in the oven for a little bit as a young tight end, I think he's going to break out and do just fine. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm all in on Bellinger. I think he's very deserving of that spot and uh, moving to tackle uh, probably, Something Bears fans are going to be really excited to see, but it's Braxton Jones with a 67.9 PFF grade and 20.2, all 22 points. Maybe the lone bright spot of that offense right now. Oh, man. Uh, Look, I like Braxton Jones. Good for him. It's great. I'm not taking him as my number one tackle in this class, though. It was always a long-term view with Ikeem Aquanu, right? He was raw, but really talented, really strong. And as soon as that mess in Carolina just sorts itself out, we'll see how he develops and goes from there. So I'm still taking him one overall because the plan was always to not really take into consideration or rely on his performance and his grades for this season. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to turn out to be the number one tackle from this class either. Um, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a big uh, Evan Neal guy. I mean, he did. He did finally grade in the 70s this week, but it's, that's not even the reason why. I mean, you see, um, who's a Cornelius Lucas, uh, Charles Cross, those guys are having really good games here and there. I think it's just a matter of time before we start to see really the best tackle from the class emerge. And I don't think it'll be him. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both of your takes. And uh, yeah, I, I might take Abraham Lucas as my guy with what I've seen from him so far. Um, moving to guard, though, we have. Uh, Zion Johnson, and this one's, you know, it, it, it's it's props to Zion Johnson for for making the spot, but it's really been the best of the worst. Uh, Fifty-seven point five PFF grade and thirteen point four points. It's been a really tough year for offensive linemen in general. Being a rookie guard in today's NFL probably not the easiest thing. It's it's not, and and the other thing too is at least in comparison to you know Kenyon Green, right? Zion's a little bit older. Uh, Green was a little more raw and, you know, obviously went to a, a much further away from contention situation there in Houston. I'm still taking Kenny and Green there. I think he's he's more talented and and yeah, it, it's it's just still too early to, to say that 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 spot has shaken out already. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think it's just it's it's tough to come in and, and be the and be a day one starter on the offensive line, no matter where you're playing now. Um I'm sure we're going to get into Tyler Lindebaum in a second here and like 
I'm sure it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, high fifties, low sixties, great. That's just, it is what it is. Um, and I, I, I do, I do actually think though that Zion will be the best guard to come out of this class. Yeah, I do too. I think Zion's the best guard in the class. I thought he had the best film of the class as well. Uh, but Bobby, that was a good transition. Let's, let's use it. Tyler Linderbaum is our number one center at this point in the season, 62.2, uh, P PFF grade and a 10.8 all 22 score. So, you know, I, it's not surprising. I don't think to any of us that he's there. Um, you know, I, I've seen some things being posted about him, not letting up a lot of pressures, right. If any at all, uh, most games and really being the consistent guy that they wanted to see there, but it is still surprising that he's at a 62.2 because offensive linemen as rookies struggle. Centers stink. He, and so, he, so he'll be fine. There's not much competition. <laughs> I'm taking him number one at center. Okay. So our number one defensive interior, this one was again, kind of no surprise. Jordan Davis, 77.7 PFF grade and 17.7, all 22 points. He's doing really well guys. Uh, was he your preseason pick and what do you think about him so far? Yeah, no, no surprise at all. Just sad he, he went to, to the Eagles. I thought he might fall a little bit further if he was seen as one-dimensional in the NFL draft. But uh, Jordan Davis was the top talent. Uh, had him way above uh, Devontae Wyatt, uh, who many had as like that second uh, interior player there. Um, but yeah, no surprise. Jordan Davis is dominant. He's a rare talent. Um, I keep saying he is not Vita Vea, so please don't try to make him that but he is still really good and really good at what he does. And yeah, no surprise whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not surprised either. I, I like Jordan Davis a lot. He looks really good and it does suck for both of us that he's on the Eagles. But uh, I did think that Travis Jones would put up more of a fight to like kind of get close to that number one spot. But uh, never at any point I think that he would overtake Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis is legit. And I'm going to argue Ray's point that he is not Vita Vea. I'm going to say he's going to be better. I'm going to say we're going to see a point in Jordan Davis's career that he grades higher than the highest we've seen out of Vita Vea. So remember that. You can mark this down, Ray, that I said that. I do think we're going to see that because of the situation he's in and the uh, skill that's on that defense around him. I think he's going to have an amazing career. Please, God, Sorry, guys. Chris be wrong. Please, God, Chris <laughs> yes, be wrong. Yes, that's it. <laughs> We're going to have to burn this tape if he's right. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to Edge, uh, another kind of unexpected name, you know, after some of the offensive linemen we saw, but Arnold Ebiketti, 64.8 PFF grade and 22.6, all 22 points. Uh, what do we think about this? I mean, it's like totally out of left field almost, but people talked about it. You know, there were people that liked him, uh, but with the other edge rushers we saw, right, we had the top uh, three top, what was it six or seven picks were, were edge rushers and, and Arnold Ebiketti is beating them all out to this point of the season. All right, roll the tape back. We have the receipts. Go back to the pre-draft episodes, or it might've been the post-draft episode. We talked about this edge class and we said there are about six or seven guys who we wouldn't be surprised if they ended up being the best one out of this draft class. And then when talking about the Jags pick, of Trayvon Walker and passing up a Aiden Hutchinson or B an offensive tackle. We said, you can get a guy at the top of the second round to produce close to, or as well as those taken at the top of the first, because there wasn't a no brainer miles Garrett chase young type talent in this class. Go back, check that episode. It's there. And I think we might've singled out Ebicade by name in that episode. So I don't see this as too much of a surprise. He's he's athletic. He's got good length. People thought that he was he was deemed small just because he's like six two and a half, but he's got super long arms and he's got a really good long arm stab. He's powerful. I like him a lot. Am I taking him as the number one edge player for the remainder of their careers in this draft class? I'm definitely not there yet. Um, you still have to see it shake out, but because there's not a top flight, no brainer type talent at that position from this class, I am not ruling it out whatsoever. And you could check the tapes. We said it in the spring. I'll say this. If Kayvon Thibodeau was a Dallas Cowboy, Ray would not be saying what he's saying right now. Mm -hmm. Kayvon also missed a couple of games, which is why he's not on this list, right? You potentially. Have, what's that? I said potentially. We'll do potentially. the math. 
We'll do the math. We'll, we'll run the numbers. Let's do the let's, let's do the math after this. I guarantee you, if he was playing, he'd be at least at least top three, right? Top two, top three, whatever. Anyway, just saw him have a game winning game game winning strip sack against the Ravens, and I think he's, you're going to start to see him become more confident. You can even hear it in his voice when he does his post game press conferences. So, I think look out for him. I think when we do this this podcast segment, this is what one third of the way. When we do it two thirds of the way. I'll bet you that it's Kayvon Thibodeau that's on that list. And I'm not just saying that as a Giants fan. All right. Well, I just heard a bet. So let's uh, let's use that. So what are we betting here? I, what, what, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you no, want no. from me, right? What do you want from me? No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm saying I don't need to bet. I'm already I'm already taking my victory lap. I, we, we, we talked about this. I called this in the spring. That, that's it. I already, I already won. I'm not going to go back onto the field after the clock hits zero. I don't, it, we're six weeks into the season. How can you say you won? That's stupid. I, I just did. I'm, I'm, I'm just you know. two thirds of the season. If Kayvon's not on this list, I'll put fifty dollars towards Sam and Steve's whatever the charity they're doing. Wow, fifty dollars! I'll show you guys receipts. Amazing. Okay, so if I'm wrong, I will donate the fifty dollars. What is Deal. your take? I don't know what either of your takes are. No, no, no. You're saying Thibodeau is it, and I'm saying he won't be. So even though, like, I think he very well wait, could. Wait. So it's a the field is such me, an easier bet. But it's That's 25 crazy. from each of you guys? How is that fair? No, no, no. I said 50. Ray, oh, okay. Ray chickened out. Ray just chose not to bet. I ain't chickened out. I'm staying true to what I said, which is I'm not saying I would definitively take Evicady as the number one edge moving forward. I'm just saying I'm not convinced on anyone else, so I am not ruling him out. Ray so has why would been I Switzerland you know, this entire episode. I, oh, yeah, have a strong take. Have a strong take. The take was in the spring. The take was in the spring. All right, Arnold Ebikati. Okay, (laughs) rookie among all rookie edge rushers um, from from week six was first in quarterback pressures, first in overall grade, and first in pass rush win. Not a take. You're just spiking the football. At linebacker, we have Devin Lloyd, (laughs) sixty-one point five PFF grade, fifteen point nine, all twenty-two points. Devin Lloyd, yeah, Ray spiked the ball on Ebikati. But he was the one mouthing off about Nicobe Dean in the beginning of the season. So, Ray, tell us what you think about Devin Lloyd. Uh, I, I, yeah, but I didn't not like Devin Lloyd. I just thought he was a bit of an older player, and I thought that Nicobe Dean, his tape was better. Now he's got the injury and, and whatever else, and like, okay, he's back, but hasn't been up to speed. Good for Devin Lloyd. I, you know, I'm not going to hate on him. It's, it, it's, it's a good pick. Uh, you know, line, like I say, linebackers are scarce. So if you find a good one, gosh darn it, keep it. Because, you know, don't roll the dice again. Try to find another one. It's very tough, and, and you'll probably end up uh, missing out on one. So, yes, keep Devin Lloyd. I like him a lot. Um, you know, and, and I'm probably biased now that Nicobe Dean's on the Eagles. When I say that, yeah, I'll take Devin Lloyd as, as the number one backer in this class because I kind of want to root for that now. So, um, you know, Devin Lloyd's fine player, a well-rounded linebacker, and if he keeps it up, good for him. None of that sounded sincere at all. At all, not at all. Yeah, not even like, like not even that much. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't know what to say. I, I, I like Devin Lloyd. <laughs> totally think he he belongs there. I do think that uh, was it. Quay Walker on the Packers, the guy you guys got in the first round. Yep. Feel like he could very easily make his way onto this list. Um, but yeah, I like Devin Lloyd. I think he'll. I think he has a good, as, as good of a chance to stay there as uh, Quay Walker has. Yeah. It's not like he, and he's playing well, and it's not like his situation is great. He's on the Jags defense, so yeah, that that counts for something too. Yeah. Okay. Number one corner, guys. This is the one everybody's saying is going to be defensive player of the year. It's Sauce Gardner, New York Jets, seventy-three point two uh, PFF grade, eighteen point one, all twenty-two points. I'm all for it. I think Sauce is the guy. He was my number one player in this draft. I was all about Sauce Gardner. He's the guy I wanted to take in every single one of my uh, PFF drafts, but it turns out everybody had the same de- idea as me. So uh, I didn't get him in a lot of them, but do you guys think he stays there? It is still way too early to count out Derek Stingley Jr. I, I, I said it earlier in this episode when talking about Aquanu and, and how when I, I draft certain players, especially rookies, I'm not necessarily counting on or relying on or trying to predict their grades and performance early on or in their rookie season. And that's Derek Stingley. He had some injuries late in his college career, so it's a bit of an adjustment for him. But I always go back to the fact that just pure tape-wise, 
his freshman season at LSU was better than any corner that's been in the draft since Jalen Ramsey. So Sauce is awesome. Love Sauce. No, no complaints about him whatsoever if I got him on a roster. But I'm not ready to declare Sauce as the number one corner in this class because I think that highly of Stingley's talent overall. And, and I'll add too, one thing, if there was a knock on Stingley, aside from, hey, the injuries, how is he going to perform? Is he going to hold up well and all that other stuff is that Stingley was not that type of alpha or personality. He was, he's just not that, that type of, 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 of mentality that, that's uh, sauce is. So that is one thing in sauce's favor too, that is underrated when, when talking about corners, cause you kind of need that edge sauce has that. And that was a question mark of Stingley's. The only other, the only other guy that we didn't mention, well, two other guys, right? Tariq Woolen, we posted about today, guy that's performing really well. But there's another guy on the Patriots, uh, Mr. Jones, who he's only started three or four games, and he is the highest rated corner in the NFL during that time, and he is a rookie. So, you know, if if we're if we're looking at, you know, uh, like Bobby, you said earlier, the two thirds of the season mark, there's a chance that it's him. You know, there there are multiple guys in this conversation, so. Really exciting time for cornerbacks in the NFL, so I'm, I'm definitely pumped about it. He's one of those guys. Like, where did he even come from? Like, I I didn't heard his name until I'm you know looking for free agents on the you know on the on the all twenty two free agency page, whatever. But I guarantee you, he's one of those guys that the Patriots get. He's a he's elite while they have him. They let him go, and somebody pays him a ton of money, and he's just an average or below average corner. Speaking of, did you see J.C. Jackson got benched? Did he really? Yeah, mid game. No, nope. so like exactly to your point. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if that's that's what this is. It's crazy. Everyone convinces themselves that this Patriots free agent is different, and he's not. Mm -hmm. Just stop doing it, please. No, nope. but this is really supposed to be like a positive thing. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's not like this. This dude's doing amazing. Let's he's not ruin that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> number one safety, Jaquan Brisker, Penn State. Uh, Chicago Bear. Before I said there was only one positive Bear player, but you know what? Brisker's been really great, so there's really been two. 64.7 PFF grade, 13.9 uh, all 22 score, and a guy that also brings a lot of swagger. I don't know if you guys have watched him, but like he's the type of guy that like might be some late hits, but it's because he's going 100 miles an hour every single play, and he does not want to hit the brakes. Love seeing that. So the best way I could describe Jaquan Brisker to someone without giving like full scouting report on strengths, weaknesses, yada, yada, is like if you're watching the game on TV and you know where Jaquan Brisker lined up before the snap and it's a pass play and, you know, you don't see all the receivers and the coverage on the screen, on the broadcast view, but the quarterback throws the ball to where Jaquan Brisker was and you know where Jaquan Brisker is near, you're not worried. You're just totally comfortable. He's just that type of player. He's just sound, always in the right spot, doing the right thing. He's going to make a sure tackle and bring some wood with it too. Very well-rounded. It's, it's one good pick for a Bears franchise that needs about 30 more. Yeah, I don't know if any Bears fan is ever like just comfortable like that. I don't know, I blame <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker is legit. He's certainly getting a lot of burn, which like we talked about with other safeties, especially rookie safeties that are just not getting – the snap counts, um, but you, you can you can you can see that Eberflus had a had a plan for him when he brought uh, when he brought Brisker in. So I think that's got to be really good to see. I think he stays in, he stays number one on this list. Although there are other guys like I mentioned, Nick Cross, Brian Cook, those guys that have graded well in previous weeks, but don't get the snap count, so they don't really count towards this list. So I think Brisker stays where he's at. Guys, we did it. We covered a lot today and it was a, a turbulent episode, but you know, we covered a lot. I think there was a lot of fun information in there. I'm really excited. You know, it's our, it's our first year live. You know, I think it's easy to forget that, but um, with that, you know, these are the first successes that we've seen, right? The first players that are, that are proving themselves to people and, and we're getting to do that on our platform. So that's, that's something I'm really excited about, right? We're talking about rookie offensive linemen. We're talking about, guys like Charles Leno Jr. Like I, you don't hear that other places. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the three of us are able to bring that to people. So, um, it, you know, a, just another positive we could throw out there. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we are now selling t-shirts. So if you uh, visit our Twitter page, 
you can see that we have a pinned tweet with the link for our shirts. Definitely go check them out. They're inaugural season t-shirts. They're pretty awesome. I actually have one on right now. Uh, and again, you can find that on Twitter. Uh, if you don't already, please give us a follow at all 22 underscore PFF. That's our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And uh, leave us a review on our podcast networks anywhere you watch, whether that's YouTube, uh, listening on Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. And thanks again for tuning in. Yeah, I moved to the old town where it goes down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. Say, look at me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They picking me now.